NFL Week 1. This is the flagship program of the Back Judge Podcast. Your favorite trio. This is Adam. Got Lee and Tommy Murray on the horn. Lee, thank you for uh, burning that East Coast oil, baby. Oh, yeah. I'm all for it, man. I'm all for it. I'm a night owl by nature. It's the artist in me. We've all we've all burnt that that East Coast oil. We all yeah. know what it's like. I know you guys would do the same. It's it's very similar to the opening sequence of There Will Be Blood when Daniel's in the <laughs> hole. <laughs> That's what it's like. Tommy, how's that uh, how's that warm Coors, baby? Uh, it's good. It's good. First beer of the. Uh, you know, I didn't. A lot, a lot of my my friends were out drinking this weekend. I was, I was in. I stayed in this weekend and didn't have a lot of drinks. So, I'm enjoying a a, a 43 degrees degree uh, Coors banquet right now. On this lovely Labor Day. Lovely Labor Day. The day of the, labor. The uh, the dark side of capitalism, right, Lee? Got to celebrate the labor, the unions, the workforce. Yeah, I want to do a little bit more research on the whole Labor Day thing. I want to figure out. I want to get to the bottom of what it really means. Um, doesn't make much sense to me, but. I respect it. Um, before we get to these NFL matchups, a couple of housekeeping items to address. Uh, on my drive today from, from Phoenix, I listened to the uh, NFC portion of the Win Totals podcast that you guys went and, uh, went ahead and did while I was on the road. But before we address that, breaking news, Parnell Motley. Oh, my gosh. Welcome to <laughs> Detroit. <laughs> I mean, Let's go. This is this is something where Adam, you texted me earlier in the week, and I agreed with you. It's like this is the first thing that, or, or the, the most confident move Brad Holmes has made as a, a confidence-inspiring move, I should say. Brad Holmes has made as the general manager of the Detroit Lions. Um, obviously, not the Stafford trade, not the Sewell pick, not any of the other picks, not any of the signings except for picking up Parnell Motley to be a member of the Detroit Lions practice squad. And I'll, I'll etch it in stone. We haven't made prophecies in a while. Parnell Motley will be on the field before week five of the NFL season for the Detroit Lions. He's going to make the roster. Um, the cream will rise. I, I'm a true believer in that. So in, in every facet of life. So I, I think Parnell Motley is, is a, he's an NFL-level cornerback, and I think he's going to prove that here in Detroit. I'm excited. God, I'll be blessed to have him. I'm excited that he he's really getting a, a real opportunity. It seems like because he started out with the Bucks, and they were just so loaded at corner, and he still made that 53 man roster, I believe, last year as an undrafted kid. But they had so much talent in that secondary. He just it just became a numbers game. Left went to San Fran. They didn't they didn't believe him in there. I guess I don't know. San I don't know Fred what happened. The time Tommy, day. you know your God is, is coaching the team, but he, he can't see the light with with Parnell Motley, and then he he goes to Denver, and all of a sudden they're just taking Sertain first round, and it's and it's an uphill battle. And he, signing Kyle Fuller, yeah. taking Sertain, and come, good young guy Ojemudia in the cut there. Yep. Um, they signed another guy too. Dar- they Roby. Get, they got Darby. 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 Or, or Roby, Dar- right, Darby. Yeah. Darby. Darby. Roby's on the line. Oh, yeah, you're, but, you're right. You're right. Darby. Um, Darby. Um, so just, I think he's going to, I mean, if, if he doesn't stick in Detroit, then I guess, uh, we'll have to eat our words a little bit, but it, did Noah Igg make the, the dolphins? I think he definitely did. Yeah. He definitely made it. Okay. He made it. All right. I'm watching out for you, Noah. Yeah. Um, so welcome to Detroit Parnell Motley. Uh, a couple, couple notes from, from the podcast. Just wanted to shout out Olin Krutz. I met him at Loyal Academy, oh, wow. Chicago media insider. No big deal. Uh, I believe his son plays for Loyola Academy, or did back in 2019, and he was he was hanging out around practice when we were doing a story. So nice guy, Olin Cruz. One of my uh, one of my first because I was a Bears I was a Bears I had a time as a Bears fan because of Brian Urlacher and Cruz was a part of that uh, that that generation of, of Bears and and he was a great center, a great uh, NFL street uh, center, yep. uh, middle linebacker or D tackle. Yep. Um, I was just, this, this doesn't have to be a long conversation, but just going through, like, listen, you guys talk about these win totals for some of these teams. How many teams that picked in the top 10 last year, or at least were like slated to have top 10 picks, like including the, the Texans who were slated at three, but, oh, excuse me, oh, cold brew, uh, obviously didn't, didn't pick there. 
Like, how many teams that picked in the top 10 last year do you expect to be picking there again? Lions. Because it seems like a lot to me. Like, it, se- it seems like at least 70%, yeah. at least for me, that I expect. Like, I expect kind of the top seven teams to be picking there again. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. I expect the Jaguars to probably. I definitely expect the Jets to. I definitely expect the Texans to. I definitely expect the Lions the to. The Falcons are I expect the Bengals I can't, to. I can't. I think the Falcons are kind of. Uh, I know, Lee. I think we're all kind of maybe not as high on a lot of people in the market are on the Falcons, but that's a team that I think is on that fringe. But I, I was just kind of agreeing with what you guys were saying. Yeah. Um. I think that the Bears are like the new Bill O'Brien Texans where they have like an uber-talented quarterback, but the coach is bad and the roster decisions are really horrible. Wow, that's, an, that's a really interesting take. Like the, the uh, yeah. Like how Deshaun Watson had an awesome season last year and they still sucked. Yeah. I, I could see the same trajectory happening to Justin Fields in this Bears organization. Yeah, I think that's interesting, Adam. I mean, you're obviously more familiar with them than I think Lee and I both are that organization. Uh, but I kind of, right now, I mean, I kind of have to give the Bears credit to a certain standpoint. I mean, I'm not necessarily down on Nagy. I mean, obviously, I don't like Pace that much, but they did go out and get Fields. They're the only team in the NFL that decided to pull the trigger on him. Um, I think it's. I mean, this. But it's, there's a lot of similarities. Like, there's no first round pick next year. The roster, the O line, is like very bad. There's one receiver, like, I just think there's a lot of similarities. Give your boy Mooney some credit, man. Come on. There could be. Yeah, he's not Mooney proven Komet. yet. Yeah, you know, I think yet. they have, like, some, I think they're a better, I don't know. The Texans were just such a disaster, I feel like, for all of, for most of Watson's tenure, even when they were making the playoffs. Um, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Um, and then you, you talked about Nagy, first coach fired, which I think is interesting, but it's just not like a Bears organizational thing to do. The McCaskies, I don't really think they would do that. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he's fired after the season, but if you're looking to bet a, a first coach fired, I don't think I would do it on Nagy. I'd probably go maybe for a Zach Taylor or something like that. I just don't think the Bears ownership would, would fire a coach who made the playoffs two out of the last three years, like midseason. I and I don't really know who would uh, – you're going to put Bill Lazor in there or, um, you know, their new D.C. Like, I just don't really know who would replace him in season. Um, there's not really an obvious answer for that. So, um, Since we're on the topic, we don't have to talk about this for longer than 45 seconds. I wonder what the odds are on uh, Mike McCarthy to be the first coach fired. I think that would kind of be an interesting – they start out with the Buccaneers, then they play at Chargers – and then they got home Eagles and home Panthers. If hypothetically they were to go to like one and three in those games, um, I think we could see some things. Jerry getting impatient, especially I, with the Giants and Patriots I on, think, on deck there. I think it's worth noting that the Cowboys usually are late to fire their, their coaches. I think if you think of Jason Garrett and Bud Phillips, or Wade Phillips, I mean, um, that – I. I kind of agree with kind of Klepp said. I just have a hard time seeing Jerry. I think the bottom would really have to fall out. It would have to be a really awful scenario for McCarthy to be one of those guys. I, the more that I think about it, I think it's Cliff. I think Cliff, other than Zach Taylor, I think Cliff has kind of the most value, value for me just because I think Arizona, you know, just has such a – there's such a wide variance there on how good they could be this year or how potentially bad they can be. Um, in that division, which I, I think we all think is the toughest division in football, um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I think that I think and, and also Steve Kime trying to save his job. They have someone like Vance jo- Joseph there who's been a head coach before who just screams kind of interim uh, head coach. I, mm-hmm. I think Arizona is a uh, not saying that I think it's going to happen, but I, I kind of agree with Klepp sentiment on the Bears towards kind of the Cowboys and the old boys club that Jerry's got down there. Um, Lee, quick duel or die. I, I think it's just kind of disrespectful that you think Darnold's better than Matt Ryan. Like, I know you don't like Matt Ryan, but his, I mean, he at least has a pedigree in the NFL. He's been an MVP, been in this league a long time. Yeah, he was an MVP like five years ago. Yeah, but Darnold hasn't done anything. 
ever. Well, it's a projection. Like he's, he's, I know, but it's just it. I don't know. I don't agree with that. I would feel better about the Panthers if Matt Ryan was their quarterback for this year. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I think Matt Ryan's. Been so I don't. I was. Below. I was trying to think. Like I don't know. I'd. I'd. I'd do some sort of heads up. You know, gentleman's bet unit. You know, I don't know wh- how you would determine who's the better quarterback. Whether you want to do points scored by the offense or, or what, but I'm I'm willing to to do something here with between Darnold and Ryan for this upcoming season. I think I think you guys have to really um, figure out how you're going to quantify that because I don't know if points scored or. I think that's a very that's that's almost kind of if you if you know you know kind of understanding bet. Um, yeah, you know, because Darnold could put up more stats than Matt Ryan, but throw more picks and and Matt not be as steady as Matt Ryan, and vice versa. I just think there's a lot of ways that. Um, I mean, I think that's interesting. I think I think I trust Matt Ryan's floor more than Lee does. I think Lee is definitely the lowest on Matt Ryan out of both of us, but. It's. I mean, I still think Darnold right now at this point of his career has a higher ceiling, and if Darnold hits his ceiling in this offense in the best scenario that he's had since he came out of USC, um, I I think he's very well could be better than Matt Ryan at the end of the year. I just think Matt Ryan, due to his age and his, his physical talent, there's there's a cap there where with Darnold there's much more of a, an untapped potential. Yeah, I guess it was more so just Matt Ryan being 36 and not having played an impressive level of football in like three years. I don't really see him like surging back to anywhere near his prime. Yeah, but I mean, um, Ryan the last year. three years has been markedly better than Darnold has, and obviously Darnold's been with yeah, Gase well, and I Todd mean, Bowles and everything, but I just, I, I think it's, I don't know, I think it's too much of a projection. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I can't disagree that it's like uh, too much of a projection. I know what I you're trying to majority... do, and I, I'm I'm I understand the idea of like it's for 2021, but I still think like the pedigree to to some extent matters when you're looking at a guy who has won an NFL MVP versus a guy in Darnold who's been statistically awful. Adam, how surprised would you be if you know you viewed Darnold in a better light than Matt Ryan at the end of the year? You know, take age away, but just like going into the 2022. Off season, off you know, equal teams. I mean, like you said, Tommy, like it'll probably be like an if you know, you know thing. Like I think you'll be able to say like Matt Ryan was a better quarterback than Sam Donald in twenty twenty one. Yeah, no, I'm saying how likely do you think it is? You know, just a little percentage of of Darnold, like seventy percent, seventy five percent of Darnold not being better than Matt Ryan or Matt Ryan. Yeah, I guess I would say like a seventy five percent chance. Okay, that's fair. I think that's absurd. I think that I think you basically then you think the Panthers aren't going to be good, or you think the Falcons are going to be like pretty good, because if you think there's a seventy five percent chance that Matt Ryan's going to be marketably better than Sam Darnold when the seasons like that, the the Falcons the, those teams are in very similar like skill levels. Their win totals are very similar. Um, I think they're both. I think the offenses are comparable. I like the Panthers' defense a whole lot more than I like the Falcons. Yeah, but the I mean, the win totals are that way for a reason. I think the teams, skill level wise, line up pretty evenly. I th- I like the Panthers' defense more too, but I don't think that the Panthers are like clearly have a better roster than Atlanta from an objective the market, standpoint. Or else, the market thinks that Atlanta is a better team than Carolina. I think right now. Yeah, the market does. So I think for you to say that there's a 75% chance that Matt Ryan will be better than Sam Darnold, marketably enough for us all to be able to acknowledge it, basically means that you think the Falcons are for sure going to be better than the Panthers. I don't see how you can think that while also thinking that the Panthers are going to have a better year than Atlanta. Um, I just That just doesn't line up to me at all. So, Yeah, but I mean, I'm, I, don't, I don't know. Me. I mean, I'm still, I guess... I still don't. I mean, I still. I, I think I kind of think that that the Panthers. I think that the Falcons are a little bit better than the Panthers are. Maybe. Hey, it's it's thoughts evolve very quickly in 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 our heads. In our heads. I'm just. Space. I'm just like. I don't know. Whatever. I mean, I'm just not really sold that Darnold's better than Ryan. I'm, I'm not necessarily either. sold either, but I, I. I'm just confident. I'm just confident that Darnold's going to have the best year of his career so far because he's outside of. He was in a toxic situation. Yeah. And he's he has got kind of like a clean slate. I'll, I'll think Whereas, more about this and, and how I want to. Yeah, you know, but I just well, it's just like both of their situations and what they're coming into, you know. Um, um, 
And then uh, the last thing I wanted to say before we get into the picks here, a long, long little intro, but I, I had no idea that's how the DAC injury happened. I haven't watched a, a second of Hard Knocks, and I don't think I'm really missing they, they anything. They don't say it on Hard Knocks. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's, it was just that's like objectively B, B kind of hilarious and just horrible. Yeah. Like, I kind of, yeah. Lee, I kind of like the points you were making about the Cowboys, where it's just like, I don't, how serious of a team are they? Yeah. Yeah, I, I hate that division pick. I hate that I know. I you, you, you were, you were, uh, you're making me kind of second guess it. I don't know. There's still yeah. time. Also, man, I also didn't realize on that note how difficult the Washington football team's schedule so is. Hard. Yeah, it's so hard. So hard. That's why it's, I didn't yeah. pick them. That's why I didn't yeah. pick them. So, I mean, it kind of leaves me between a rock and a hard place because I'm as much as I love my G-men, I'm not picking Daniel Jones to win that division. It's just not Yeah. It's not something I feel comfortable doing, and then Philly is a whole other story. So that's kind of what leaves me to picking Dallas. But I just think that is anyone's division to win. Well, let's, let's start off with the Cowboys. Tommy, this is your team. Uh, do you want to go ahead and, and kick this one off here? Yeah, yeah. Um... This, this line opened at 6.5, I believe, but it's up to 8 off the news that Zach Martin, it looks like, is, is going to be a no-go. And I just think, kind of to what you guys alluded to, but maybe I'm not going to go that far with you guys on the Cowboys, but that being said, uh, the lack of reps for Dak, the, I think this team, even last year, uh, you know, I, like I've, I've said multiple times throughout the summer, the, the handicap of the Cowboys is kind of the same as it was last year for me. I see big upside with the offense and the defense. I think if they can pay bend, play bend, don't break, this is going to be a, a pretty tough out. But that being said, I think Tampa just is firing at is going to be firing at a much higher level in week one than Dallas is. Um, I, I talked about – I'll talk about this in the gambling picks segment, but I, I like this as a teaser, I, and I still would probably delay the eight with Tampa just because – I think most of the game states that we see, Tampa's offense is just running through Dallas's defense, and even if Dallas's defense can score, Tampa's uh, Dallas's offense can score. Tampa's defense is a really formidable unit, and I just think this is going to be, you know, I'd love to get this at six and a half, um, but I just, I think it's probably around twenty percent below twenty percent uh, that the Cowboys win this game. I just think the Bucks are a much safer bet to be operating a lot more efficiently than the Cowboys are at this juncture in the season. So um, I like the Bucks at yeah, home. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree, Tommy, just to maybe put a, throw, throw a bone to the Cowboys. Um, Brady has started slow in New England. Uh, things started, started slow for the Bucks last year. Um, obviously, with so many people returning and all the coaches returning, you would think probably that doesn't happen this year and, and they get off to a hotter start. But, you know, that could be a, a, an in for, for the Cowboys to try and win this game. But – uh, just at home, coming off the Super Bowl win, full stadium. I think I think the Bucks are a pretty uh, safe bet to to win this one. Do you agree, Lee? Uh, I wouldn't touch this game. Once it once it went from six over six and this a half. Is not to, the betting podcast. Yeah, no, I, I'm just saying <laughs> that. Uh, I, I will use. You asked if they were a safe bet. Um, uh, I just you know safe safe pick to win. Safe pick to win. Yeah, I'm gonna pick the Buccaneers to win, but like I I think this the Cowboys are gonna be live in this game. These Thursday games are weird. Um, there's going to be the ring ceremony. Uh, I like Tampa's defense a lot, but still young, still going to be working some stuff out week one. I like Dallas's offense. Like I think Ezekiel Elliott's going to have a good year. Obviously the loss of Zach Martin is a blow, but the Cowboys, like you want to say the Buccaneers have corners. The Cowboys have receivers. Um, I'm assuming Amari Cooper is going to be healthy. I'm assuming Dak Prescott is going to be playing at a starting caliber level and have something to prove after not playing for the majority of last season. Um, and I think this is going to be a close football game. Uh, I think the Buccaneers may ultimately end up winning it by a touchdown, but uh, and I'm going to pick the Buccaneers, but I think this game is going to be closer than people think. I kind of expect a shootout. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, let's Shall we move on here to, to Detroit? Ford Field opener for the Lions. San Francisco coming to town. Lee, I texted you this earlier, but it, as much as it pains me to say this, I think the 49ers might be the safest survivor pick. Uh, for week one. Yeah, I think that Vegas is saying they are with the implication of um, what the, the, at least on Fox bet, minus 333 on the money line. So they're saying Tampa Bay is slightly a safer pick on the money line, which I don't agree with. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think they're the safest survivor pick. I expect the 49ers to handle business 
in Detroit, regardless of who's starting at quarterback, I'm expecting Garoppolo to be starting. But ultimately, I think the 49ers end up winning this game by more than one possession. Kittle, I think, is going to have a, the monster game. Yeah, 49ers. Yeah. 49ers in as many ways you can get them. This might be, you know, take 49ers first half, minus three and a half or whatever it is, minus seven. I mean, I think the Lions are really going to – this is going to be a team the Lions really struggle with, just their offense versus the defense, because they can't really attack the 49ers secondary – and a healthy Niners defensive line and, and front seven with Warner are just going to be able to, to eat up Goff, I think. So I think this is going to be a dominant performance from the, the 49ers. The uh, Steelers traveling to Buffalo. This is one of my favorite games of the week. I think this one and then the Panthers-Jets game um, are just two of the more interesting matchups. I, I'm going to lean Buffalo just because of how strong of a team that I think they are. But early season, Ben, he's back. He's healthy. He's doing yoga. He's not drinking uh, warm Coors anymore. <laughs> and, um, you know, Ben Ben looked decent in, in the preseason. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers pull an upset here, honestly. Um, but I'm not, I'm not quite bold enough to, to pick it in Buffalo. Um, that that fan base is going to be back in in Highmark Stadium, where they were pretty much out of the the stadium all last season until the playoff game, where it was pretty low capacity. So uh, it's going to be rocking. It's going to be an awesome game to watch. Yeah, and I think this is a good time for me to officially announce. I hate to do it. I hate to do it, but uh, I'm switching my Super Bowl pick to the Buffalo Bills from the Cleveland Browns to make it um, in the AFC. Yeah, I think the Buffalo Bills are going to go to the Super Bowl and lose to the Rams. I just want to make that clear now. I'm changing it. Um, I think Josh Allen is going to regress. I just don't think it's going to be significant enough for the Bills to be like much worse. And I just like love Brian Dable. I think the Bills' defense is so deep. Uh, the Bill. I know this isn't a preview pod, but I just think the Bills are a really good football team. I think the Steelers have present some decent value on the money line, like I said in the gambling pod. But ultimately, I'm going to pick the Bills. I expect them to ride at home. Um, the TJ Watt contract situation is also something to keep an eye on. I think he uh, very likely won't be playing in this game unless they figure out a contract before the end of this week, um, which it doesn't seem like Pittsburgh's in a huge rush to do. Uh, so I'm assuming they're going to end up doing it, but he hasn't practiced with the defense yet. So I know he's kind of a plug-and-play guy, but that's definitely uh, a big deal. Um, but yeah, Clep, like you said, totally agree. This is one of those games I'm really looking forward to, but I expect Buffalo to win. Chargers yeah, I, the, oh, whoa. sorry. Did, I did, Tommy, you're not even. Oh, my bad. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm trying bad. to be. Uh, hey, no worries. No we don't want to hear your Steelers takes, Tommy. Well, yeah, I was yeah. just. About, I was just about to get on my uh, my hands and knees for the Buffalo Bills in this spot, just because. Just kind of looking over how this these teams match up in my head, I just this is a bad matchup for the Steelers. I think. I think you know the Bills. They don't. They're not going to run the ball. Dable's going to be full analytics. Uh, pass the ball. A thousand times in this game and I just think adding Emmanuel Sanders to this receiving core club's boy Gabe Davis this is a really deep uh, receiving unit and the Steelers secondary I just think isn't up to that task and I don't think Josh Allen is going to regress really that much this year I think the year for regression could be next year but as long as he's with Dable and he has the personnel around him I think this is going to be a pretty well-oiled machine I'm really disappointed Lee that you're hopping off the Browns train after after the, 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 the you know the, the hook of of the year, Lee, Lee going from trashing the Browns to, to to hopping on the train. I thought I thought this was going to be the time that we you know really solidified it was a confusing solidified night. Our, our brothership. But uh, now now you're leaving me at the altar. Um, here we are in week one. Yeah, I am. But uh, yeah, I think I think. Don't really think you should you should ask the Colts to dance with you, Lee. Yeah, the Colts to dance, baby. You were shouting out Eason. And everything, and you know, a lot of you a gave lot him of a baller. You gave Eason a, the heralded baller. <laughs> he looked he looked nice in that week one preseason game. Man. A lot of a lot of uh, people in the Twitterverse I see are taking the Steelers. So definitely uh, there's some belief in the Steelers team. But Lee Lee said summed it up. Shout out the acquisition of Akella Witherspoon too. I like that move for Pittsburgh. Yeah, he's probably going to be thrown right into the battle uh, here in week one. But yeah, I'm I'm low on the Steelers. Big Ben is just not going to be able, if they want to make this a shootout, uh, Big Ben's not going to be able to get that done. Also, for the record, I do want to say, I think Emmanuel Sanders isn't good. Uh, I've been saying that for like three years now. 
So I just want to make that clear. I still don't think he's good. Bad I think he's take. probably worse than he's ever Bad been take. in his career. You and Brandon Marshall. That's the reason why he's been on four teams in four years. You and guaranteed contract Brandon Marshall going off on Emmanuel Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're aligned with Brandon Marshall. That's you with Emmanuel Sanders. Both you guys. Brandon Marshall said he's one injury away from being up here in the booth yeah. with me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Oh. Um, Tommy, since I cut you off, why don't you uh, preview this Chargers football team game? Yeah, I'm really excited for this game. I think this is a awesome game. Uh, two teams that I, I predicted to go to the wild card, and I think two teams that we're going to be able to tell a lot uh, from this first matchup. You know, two teams with with high ceilings. If you're taking it, if you're taking a, a positive light of their quarterback, or potentially low floors. Uh, if you know, you kind of think you kind of view these teams, or I think they kind of objectively are boomer bust teams with formidable defenses and salivating weapons against a quarterback that you need to be consistent. So I don't really know what to think about uh, this this game, to be honest. Um, honestly, I think I'd take whoever the dog is. This is tough. I'm going to – I'm just going to go with the Chargers because I think they have the better quarterback. Um, but would not be surprised either way. I, I'm really excited to see how this one turns out. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to go with the Chargers because I think there's just more upside with Herbert under center than there is with, with Fitz. Um, give me Washington all day here, man. I think the defense is going to eat, uh, against the Chargers. Um, and I think Herbert's going to face that crowd noise for the first time in his pro career. I saw someone on Twitter saying Justin Herbert is the, uh, liberal Josh Allen. I thought that was a funny take. Um, he's the liberal version of Josh Allen. Uh, yeah, I like Washington in this spot. Wouldn't even consider putting a wager on it. Um, not really convinced either way. I just like that Washington's at home. I think their defense is going to show out. I think there's a lot of spunk around that team. And I think, you know, like we talked about earlier with this schedule for Washington, they know they got to win these games early that are kind of evenly matched. So I think they're going to bear down and win a close game here against the Chargers, who I'm a little bit under below market on Great this year. Don't think they should be a favorite flying across the country. Just great test for both of these teams. Like, I think whatever your opinion yep. is on these teams, you're going to kind of have a good idea of how to feel about them after this week, dare I say. I think you're going to kind of glean a lot of information from this. Justin, uh, Coastal Elite, Herbert. Coastal. Yeah. Um, I, I, like the, I like the football team too, Lee, and that's not necessarily an indictment on the Chargers. Um, I just think new defensive head coach, new offensive coordinator, and the Washington is, you know, another year into Ron Rivera after, you know, they won the NFC East for whatever that's worth. Um, I, I like Washington at home on this, you know, coastal trip for the for the first outing of the new look Chargers. Uh, again, I, I like the Chargers. I think they have high upside. I'll be watching them kind of closely to see how they look in their first game. Uh, I just think Washington, you know, is, is more solid all around, at least for week one. Maybe if this was a Week 12 game, you know, we, we would see. But early on, I, I like the, the football team in this spot. Seahawks and, uh, visiting the Colts. Lee, what are you, where are you at in this game? Wentz is going to start, right? I guess so. I guess so. Um, I love the Colts, man, but I'm on Seattle in this game. I think that I, I haven't checked, so fact check me. The track record for the Seahawks at least the past five years in Week 1 is, like, pretty, pretty impressive. Um, I just don't I, – I always remember – them coming out and like showing out pretty hard in week one. Um, really, I think this is a really underrated game. Um, I hope Quentin Nelson and Wentz both play. I think the jury's still kind of out. I think Wentz is like leaning towards playing, but I don't think there's really any hard evidence that he's for sure going to be playing in the game. Um, but yeah, I like Seattle in this game a little bit more to trust with Seattle. Um, I understand they're on the road. I think the Colts are going to be a tough test. I think it's going to be some tough sledding for the Colts early here. And once we see them get to week seven, week eight, they're going to get a little bit more into midseason form and kind of come from behind in that division. But I think early on, um, with a little look ahead to the Rams next week, they got a, they got a tough couple of NFC uh, West teams coming to town the next couple of weeks, and I, I think that they're going to struggle a little bit. So I, I think the Seahawks are going to win this game. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the Seahawks as well, just more sure of a bet. Um 
Just to talk about a line that moved. I believe Seattle. I mean, Indianapolis opened up as three or two and a half point favorites, and now we've gone past uh, zero to Seattle dash three. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go with Seattle here as well. I just think more sure thing uh, with the offense. But you know, if Indy is kind of on the same thing that they were last year with a really stingy defense and kind of an efficient offense, and and Wentz really isn't the loose cannon that he has been for the past couple of years, then. You know, I think Indy is. This is a team that they really could be a lot more physical than and bully about. But I, I haven't seen that yet, and that's something I'm going to be looking out for with, with Indy this year. So, but I will, I will be taking Seattle. I think it's interesting that the Colts are three point favorites, kind of at home. I don't know. I'll, I'm going to take the Colts to win. How about that? You know what, Clep? I'm changing my mind because I just looked and fact checked myself, and the Seahawks are three and two in the past five years in <laughs> week one. And you know what? For that, for me being wrong about that, I think I was wrong on the pick, and that's wrong. I've analysis. been I've been so fading the, the Seahawks this whole off season. Um, I think there's a chance they finish last in the NFC West. Honestly, um, it's kind of Russell Wilson and then the rest of the team. Um, so. I think we're going to kind of kind of going back to that football team Chargers. You know, Shane Waldron has kind of been propped up all offseason as this new guru with, with Seattle as the offensive coordinator. And if Seattle has that form that they had for last year for the first eight weeks or whatever when Russ and the passing attack was unleashed, then that's where this team, I think, becomes really dangerous and is for sure a Super Bowl contender. But, you know, if this is a team that we saw in the latter half of last year, then... I completely could see what you're talking about, Adam. Vikings going to Cincy. This was a game uh, talked about extensively in the Picks podcast. I really like the Vikings here on the road. With you, Clep. Yeah, I, I didn't get to talk about this in the uh, in the Picks part, uh, but I, I agree with you guys. I think it's a pretty solid play. I'm definitely going to be taking the Vikings. But uh, kind of a disagreement that we I had with both of you when it came to the Vikings was – this defense, I think, Adam, you kind of are expecting not big things out of this defense, but this defense to be above average, uh, or at least significantly better than they were last year. And I think this is a really nice test, um, you know, with a team like Cincinnati with the offensive weapons that they have. I'm kind of eyeing this over a 48. I just think I could see uh, a game script where both of these passing offenses are kind of getting theirs. Um, and, you know, me being someone who's kind of, I'm that Viking secondary and how their pass defense is. This is going to be a really interesting game uh, for me to kind of monitor and kind of see where they're at against a really nice uh, receiving core in Cincinnati. I would duel you on that. I was. I would duel you. That's interesting. What's up, Clark? You, you were going to be I would the duel you on that. And off the dome, I know this isn't a uh, wagering pod, but I would go under I would on too. the Bengals 22 and a half points at even. I would go under. I think the Bengals are going to struggle to score, and I think the Vikings' defense is going to improve this year. They were ravaged by injury last year, um, and they were missing their best player. Is, so is Patrick Peterson I, I the number one get... corner or like Dantzler? Like, I just am seeing. I just think there's major issues again with that secondary, and, and I think that's kind of been the story of their defense for the past two years, and I think it's going to continue to be the story for this year. I, I just. I mean, I don't see how the secondary can inspire that much confidence in you guys. I like Brashad Breland. Mackenzie Alexander's pretty good. I mean, they've got depth at corner. That's what I like a lot. Patrick Peterson, Dantzler. Um, I think all those guys have the ability to cover, um, you know, the receivers in, in Cincinnati. I don't think anyone's going to be getting consistently torched. I don't think the secondary is a liability, especially when you consider that you've got Harrison Smith back there playing safety too. But Harrison Smith um, is, I just is think much that, more of a run player, I think, and obviously is a, you know, a 30 30- Really good safety, 32 years old, but it's kind of an extension of that linebacking core. I, I mean, this is a team that has had issues with the passing attack the past couple of years. Um, I think you know if you think that Patrick Peterson and, and that group is kind of a, a, a you know an average to above average group, then I guess we can kind of agree to disagree. But I, I mean, I just think it's something we all should be looking out for when it comes to the the Vikings defense and kind of handicapping that team overall this year. The Eagles traveling to Atlanta. This is a really uh, interesting game as well. Two bird teams and two bird teams that uh, we don't believe in very much, I, I kind of feel like. Um, is there any chance that we're undervaluing the Eagles? Yes. Yeah, sure. Yeah. There definitely is. I just, you know, there's a lot of projection there. Um, 
I think you need Jalen Hurts to take a step forward from last year, which is possible. And I think Sirianni has to be kind of the real deal in, in the defense things to overperform. And I think there's a lot of things that, that have to go go right. Uh, I'm going to take the Falcons in this spot. I like I like the Falcons more than the Eagles. I think they're a better team at home. I, I think the Eagles are going to have – I mean, I don't know who they're planning on covering Kyle Pitts with. Uh, you know, their linebackers are awful – Safety's not very good as well, and you know Darius Slay. I think is Calvin Ridley is no match for Darius Slay. I think Darius Slay is going to have major issues with, with Ridley, and I think this is going to be an Eagles team that's going to struggle. But that being said, I think they're going to be able to get theirs on offense relatively. I, I'm kind of interested in this over 48, uh, just because I have a hard time seeing either of these defenses kind of get theirs. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Eagles in this game. Um... Because of what Tommy said, uh, I think the Eagles are going to be able to score points in this game big time. Um, I think the Falcons, I know it's preseason. They were the most uh, under underperforming team in the preseason. They looked terrible. I think they got, <clears throat> they've got some major issues on defense. I think the Eagles' offensive line is going to be able to move them. I think Miles Sanders slash Boston Scott slash Kenneth Gainwell are going to be able to get theirs on the ground. Um, I think Devonta Smith is going to be a premier receiver in the NFL for a while. I don't love Jalen Hurts, but as long as he doesn't turn the ball over um, multiple times, I think the Eagles should be able to take care of business here. And then on the other side, I just think that the Atlanta Falcons offensive line is a sieve. I think it's a problem. And I think the Philadelphia Eagles defensive line is going to be able to create pressure on Matt Ryan. Another thing, you know, it's not Matt Ryan's fault, but he's been sacked over 40 times, I think, three of the past four seasons. Um, I don't see that changing this year. Um, so, uh, you know, who's going to cover Kyle Pitts? The question for me is like, how often is Matt Ryan going to be able to get clean looks to throw the football, uh, to Kyle Pitts? Cause if he can sit back and do it all day, they probably should be able to win the game. But I think this Eagles defensive line is still a little underrated. Um, and I think that they're getting overlooked a little bit and you can't overlook. I know Jalen Hurts, I'm not a huge fan of his, but he's a Bama boy playing, uh, in, in that Mercedes Benz stadium. So, um, some, am, some old ghosts could be helping him out am, there. Am I on Falcons Island here? At, at home? I'm on the Falcons. Tommy just picked the Falcons. Oh, Tommy did? Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Missed that. I'm on Eagles Island. Okay. Lee's on Eagles Island. Check your, check your stats. Yeah, sorry. I'll take the Falcons. Not much to say. Check your stats, Mr. Ice. Mr. Matt Ryan. <laughs> um, Lee, you want to do this one? Cardinals Titans? You're picking the Cardinals money line. I am picking the Cardinals money line. Uh, Cardinals traveling to Nashville to take on the Tennessee Titans. Three-point underdogs. Um, Tennessee, like I said in the picks pod, uh, some COVID issues right now. I don't think anything that's going to bleed into the season, but definitely I could confidently say a team that's been presented with the most COVID issues um, in the NFL the past like two weeks. We've seen kind of a little bit of an outbreak happen in Tennessee. Um, Hosting the Cardinals, yeah, my handicap here was kind of just the Tennessee secondary is pretty dismal in my opinion. Um, I think that the Cardinals' offense, namely their passing attack and their receivers, are going to be able to take advantage of that. Um, talk about overs, Tommy. I mean, I know it's 51 and a half, but I think this one could be a game where we're seeing you know, a 31 to 27 final, uh, something of that nature. I don't know if I, I'm in love with that over, but I think there's going to be a lot of points scored here. Um, I think the Cardinals are going to be able to get theirs on offense. I think the Titans, for the most part, are going to be able to get theirs on offense. But when it comes down to it, I ultimately think the Cardinals have a better defense than Tennessee. Um, and I do think that uh, that is going to show up in the fourth quarter, and they're going to be able to create a little bit of separation on the score sheet in the fourth quarter and, and get uh, get out of there with a, with a road win. Yeah, I'm not as confident in the Cardinals as Lee, but I'm, I'm probably going to pick them. Uh, I really love your angle with the over, Lee. I was going to mention that as well. I just... I have a hard time picking this game because I think both of these teams are going to get theirs. Like Lee said, both of these offenses are going to kind of be able to pass and, and score, I think, kind of at will um, on, on each other's respective defenses. Uh, and, you know, it probably comes down to the last possession. Um, but, yeah, I think this game could fly over 51.5 points. I think the Titans were a huge overspot last year, and I think this defense probably regresses a little bit in my mind. So, um, really another exciting uh, potential offensive shootout in that in that one o'clock window. You boys want to? I don't know. I like this over too. You boys want to maybe do a BJP brain trust half unit play on the over here? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. All right, sure. I'm not usually a totals guy, but I'll take it. 
Okay. Let's do it. Lock it in. Lock it in. This is why you got to listen to both podcasts, people. You got to get, you know, go through some stuff. Yeah. Um, maybe next week would be good practice maybe to do this part first and then the betting podcast. Yeah, well, I was... I, Connor had to go to bed. Yeah, I was yeah. expecting. <laughs> yeah. No, that's definitely a good move. Time, time constraints, time changes, but we'll see. Maybe when we get uh, some West Coast boys on the, on the betting pod. Yep. We'll see. Um... I'm taking the Titans. 52 on FanDuel, by the way. Hmm. 51 and a half Fox bet. <laughs> um, Is it on FanDuel, Lee? Sorry. I'm taking the Titans at home. I'll be on I'll, I'll be on Titans Island. 52. Yeah. I'll be on Titans Island. Home favorites. How about that? Jets and Panthers. Yeah, you're, Mr., you're Mr. Titans. Uh, Jets and Panthers. This has been a game that we've been talking about seemingly for months. Yep. I think. Um... I don't know. Maybe the general consensus is not as interested in it, but uh, it's got you know a lot of a lot of BJP favorites on here. We got we got Darnold, we got Zach Wilson, head to head Darnold against his old team in his first game out of New York. Um, a lot of interesting you know storylines in this one. I like the Panthers to win. I just don't think the Jets. Um, I think the Jets could have a, a good future. They've just been ravaged with injuries uh, throughout training camp. Um, if Darnold hadn't, I mean, if, if Wilson hadn't kind of played pretty well in the preseason, I think you'd see a lot more people really down on this Jets team. But I think when you see these regular season bullets start flying at, at Wilson, I think he's going to struggle. Uh, and I like the Panthers to come out with a win week one against a team. No matter what you think of the Jets, I mean, the Panthers should expect to win this game. And if they don't win it, it's probably an issue. Yeah, I'm on the Panthers here big time. Um, I expect them to win this football game by more than a possession. Uh, I expect a Jeremy Chin interception. Mm, um, like that. And I think the Panthers, in order to, you know, get this season off to, you know, on the right note with Sam Darnold and Matt Rule in year two and kind of a wide-open division outside of Tampa Bay, they need to win this game at home. They need to win this game at home. There's really no excuse. I think they know that within the locker room. Um, so I think the, the Panthers are going to win this game. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, you're, it's all projection. This is, none of this is, <clears throat> you know, Sam Darnold's not proven. Um, the defense in Carolina isn't necessarily proven. So even if it's the Jets, a team that I'm not necessarily convinced is very good at all coming to town, there's still an NFL team that's going to fight hard. And <clears throat> I, I know I'm below market on Zach Wilson, but he, you know, he's, he was drafted number two for a reason. So he could present some issues for them if he's playing well, um, and I don't want to rule that out. I just think the Panthers are going to be able to take care of business and win this one by 7-10. to 10. Yeah, yeah. my whole angle with this has, has been the over. We've talked about it for a couple times. Uh, I'll make my last case. I just think both of these offenses are going to get theirs. I, I, you know, money line, I, I'm going to lean with the Panthers because I would probably line this. I'd line them as, you know, two-point, two-and-a-half-point favorites, somewhere in there. I think the Jets are definitely going to get theirs. I... You know, I think the Panthers aren't – they have a lot of potential on that defense. But, again, like we said, it's projection. Like, they need to, to reach that ceiling. And I think the, the Panthers and their offense are going to be able to get theirs on the on the Jets' D. But I would be scared to lay the points with the Panthers because I think Zach Wilson is going to be live. I think this offense is going to be live. I think this is a really well-coached football team that is not going to quit. And they're going to be a team that I think we're going to want to back throughout the year because they're going to be getting – a lot of points on their side, and this is going to be a live offense. And if the Panthers have some symbiosis issues with their defense coming together and, and not taking that step as immediately as maybe we project, this is a Jets team that I think definitely is live to win the game and a team that you know I think they're going to be able to score points on this, on this Panthers team. So I really like the over in this spot, uh, but I'm going to lean with the Panthers just because I kind of agree with you guys that they need to win this game, and they're kind of expected to win this game. So... I'm going to bet on there a little bit higher upside. Did you say you'd cap this game two and a half? Yeah. Well, then why aren't you taking the Jets? I'm, I'm, I'm interested like the, in it. Like I feel it. much better about the, uh, the total, though. I think, I mean, I think it kind of is, I mean, I, you know, I guess the, I, I still think the Panthers are going to get theirs, too. Um, 
And you know they they could one. I'm I'm just saying if there's that big of a difference in your handicap in the book, then you you might want to take advantage of that. Yeah, totally. But I don't I don't you know really my numbers are based you know based on you know my priors in my brain and you know I, I don't it's not an overarching. Isn't that the point though? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. I because I, if the because if this line was two and a half, I would just smash the Panthers yeah, so hard. That's I, I understand that. I think I think that's a fair. You know, I'm putting it under three, and you know this line has moved up. It opened at four and a half. Now it's at five and a half. Obviously, Carolina's taking money, um, and I also, you know, I'm I'm leaving room for for error for me to be potentially wrong. But I I think what I'm basically trying to say is I could see the Jets being down, you know, 14 points. You know, maybe it's 24-10 at halftime, and I like you know whether they cover five and a half is another story where as I really am going to be hammering the points there because I could see the, the Jets are going to be live in the second half to score and the Panthers aren't going to take their foot off the gas. So I just really think that this is the potential to be a rocking chair over. So that's been my handicap. Uh, let's go on to the, the Jags in Houston. This was a game I heavily considered adding to my bet slip. Uh, still might do it with the Jags minus three. Um, more so of a fade Houston I think Houston's just clearly one of the worst teams we've seen in a couple years. Nothing there in Houston seems to be positive. Um, and just a chance to, to bet against them with only a field goal spread. Um, something I'm, I'm still contemplating, but then again, not really sure how much faith I want to put in the Jags and Urban Meyer in their first game. Um, I'm not maybe fading them as much as, as Tommy has talked about in the past, but Still, I mean, you have to kind of weigh some risks when you're taking a team like like Jacksonville. But I guess you know Texans have David Culley and and Tyra Taylor, so um, going to be uh, maybe a, a fight of of two teams that maybe uh, don't get too many wins this year. But uh, chance to start the season one and zero for both of these franchises. I'll, I'll take the Jags. Yeah, I'm on the Jags too. Um, I expect them to win. I just think it's wacky AFC South season yep, opener. Exactly. Yep. You know, I think Tyrod's still got something to prove. I think there's a few people in that locker room in, in Houston who are definitely going to be trying to, you know, some veterans who, who want to compete um, and want to prove that, you know, they're getting overlooked. But ultimately, I think the Jaguars are going to win the game. Um, kind of a must win for Jacksonville in the Urban Meyer era, the inaugural game here. Yeah, I'm going to pick the, pick the Jags too, but on the same, I'm kind of with, I kind of am very hesitant just because, I know Terod Taylor's not going to turn the ball over, and he's going to you know, take what he can get and probably give this Houston team a, a relatively high floor. And like Adam teased, I'm not really in any position to have uh, a bunch of confidence in this Jaguars offense to kind of put this game away and win it, win it handily. I'll be looking out for them to do that. But uh, this is, you know, I think the Texans are kind of, if I had, you know, gun to head right now, I probably would take the Texans uh, plus three. Hmm. Um, Packers playing the Saints this game is not in New Orleans, it's in Jacksonville um, I kind of like the Saints this year as a team to maybe make a wild card spot um, but I think the Packers, I agreed with kind of everything you guys said in the wins total podcast where for now with Rodgers still there, I think that's the thing that you're going to have to take year by year, Tommy, I don't know if it's a foregone conclusion that he's gone uh, after this season um, I think if you're Rodgers like You've made two straight NFC Championship games. Um, I don't really know where you're going to go, where things are, are going to be a better situation than in, than in Green Bay, but obviously there still are things up in the air. That's more of just a Packers conversation. But uh, I, I kind of like the Packers to, to win this one, especially now that it's not in the Superdome. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I would consider taking the Saints if it was at home, but playing, <coughs> playing in Jacksonville uh, – um, I think, yeah, I think the Packers are going to gonna just kind of outlast them. I think we're going to see Jameis go through, you know, take a few lumps. Uh, his first game as a starter for the Saints really kind of, I know, uh, what's his name? Marcus Callaway had a really good game in the preseason against Jacksonville, but this Saints, <coughs> geez, this cough is really coming after me. This Saints receiving core is, uh, is terrible. Um, not, not good at all. I think the Packers are going to have an easy time covering them. Um, and I think the Packers end up winning this game. Yeah, I'm with you guys. Uh, I, I like the pa- – <laughs> yeah. 
I like the uh, I like the Packers minus four here. I like the Packers here. I just think a lot of unknowns on the Saints. I kind of I think we all are kind of coming around to the Saints maybe having a higher floor than maybe we anticipated earlier in the summer. But I think the Packers are a top dog, uh, and this is something I could see added to my card. Just backing the Packers in this spot in Jacksonville. Um, Jam- I'm still not sold on Jameis. If if Jameis and this offense were live and we knew that the Saints' offensive ceiling, you know. A lot of it had to do with Jameis's. Jameis is playing at a high level. I, I would consider backing them, but as you guys said in Jacksonville, the Packers are, are too strong of a team right now. Uh, didn't mention, too, this is the first of the uh, late afternoon games. Um, continuing on, the Browns and the Chiefs. Uh, I'm pretty confident in the Chiefs to, to win this game, and I, I'd say I'd like them to cover, too, the, the minus six, but um, I just think the Chiefs are a wagon. Don't really want to be betting against them. I think they're going to be more reliable in the regular season. Uh, last year, they kind of played games in the regular season coming off that Super Bowl win. I think they're going to be more focused, more motivated, and kind of put teams away uh, more so than they did last year. Yeah. Um, Brown's not, not necessarily having a great track record in opening season opening games. Um, I expect the Chiefs to win this game. I think it'll be close. I think there's definitely some value there on the Browns at uh, plus 210 on the money line. I think that's interesting. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you're betting against the Chiefs, which I would um, I would advise against, especially at home in the season opener. Um, I think the, the crowd's definitely going to play a factor, and I think the Chiefs end up winning. Yeah, I ultimately I agree with you guys, but I think this is kind of, I, I think the value is definitely on the Browns. Um, this is a team that I think matches up well against the Chiefs. They can run the ball really well, and they can pass. I mean, this is just, you guys know how high I'm on this team, and I think this defense is going to be a lot better this year. Uh, you know, AFC Championship preview in week one. Um, I'm going to pick the Chiefs, but if uh, I had to take the spread here, I'd take the Browns plus six. Lee, what do you think of this Broncos-Giants game in New York? Um, Broncos are road favorites. I was really, really close to adding the Denver Broncos to my card. Um, I think getting them under three, we've <coughs> excuse me, we've seen this number move. I want to say from one to three, it's two and a half minus one eighteen um, on the Broncos side, minus two and a half minus one eighteen on Fox Bet. Uh, I think with the decision to start Teddy Bridgewater, this is going to be a Broncos offense that's a lot safer. Um, He's not going to turn the ball over. He's going to let those plethora of pass-catching weapons they have uh, do the work. Uh, I, I look for the Broncos' offensive line to take at least a small step forward from where they were last year, and obviously I think Javante Williams is an upgrade from Melvin Gordon in the backfield. Um, <clears throat> and then on the defensive side of the ball, I think the Denver Broncos could have a top-five defense in the NFL. I think they arguably have the best secondary in the NFL, um, and I think that's going to present some major issues for this Giants offense. Uh, I know I was an Andrew Thomas guy. I still think that he can be a good player, but ultimately this Giants offensive line is definitely below average at least, um, and this Denver Broncos defensive line is really good. Bradley Chubb, I know Von Miller's still got some play left, uh, going to be able to get after Daniel Jones a little bit, and those uh, uh, Broncos corners and safeties are going to put the clamps on the receivers and make it really difficult for Daniel Jones to be able to make those passes. They're going to have Saquon Barkley on a pitch count, um, I know they're at home, but ultimately I just think that the Broncos are going to overwhelm the Giants from the defensive side of the ball, paired with Teddy Bridgewater just being able to complete passes, uh, get first downs, and not turn the ball over. And that, to me, sounds like a winning formula for Denver. A um, little underrated note, too, here. Pat Shermer revenge game. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I was just going to – I, I'm kind of with Lee here on Denver – um, I think this is a bad matchup for, for the Giants, and it's, it's surprising to see them minus uh, under three here. I definitely would, uh, would be – I'm going to be tailing the uh, Broncos this week. I think uh, they're just going to play some bully ball with the Giants. Teddy Bridgewater gives them a higher floor, so Broncos. I love the acquisition of Ben Bredesen, though, for the Giants. I think he's a plug-and-play guard for them. Um, yeah, and just uh, a couple notes on the Giants. I mean, Galladay just started practicing for them. Uh, this is a team last year. Jason Garrett as the OC doesn't exactly inspire a ton of confidence. Uh, scored 17.5 points per game last season. So that's just not going to cut it in the modern NFL. Cliff year for Daniel Jones. 
Cliff here for Jason Garrett even perhaps. So uh, mm. Dolphins at Patriots. I really like the Patriots uh, in, in this game at home. Mac Jones debut. I like it a lot. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the Patriots Day get off to a good start. Might, um, I might add this, this one a, too. Yeah, this is a game I was definitely interested in taking at two and a half. <clears throat> I love the Patriots, but you got to respect the Dolphins' defense. you got to respect the fact that it's an in-division game. This was a game last year I bet on the Patriots week one on the spread against the Dolphins, and I won it by the hair of my chin with a Cam Newton rushing touchdown um, in the fourth quarter. So for those reasons, I'm going to stay away. It's Mac Jones' debut. Uh, the Dolphins' secondary is definitely no slouch. I'm not quite as low on Tua as you are, Clef, especially with the new weapons in Miami. I think this could be a close game. But ultimately, I, I really think this Patriots defense – um, again, I said it about Denver. I think the Patriots have a top five defense in the NFL as well. And I think Bill Belichick is going to have a really big rebound year after last year, losing a lot of those guys to COVID opt-outs and not making the playoffs for the first time in however long it was for him. Um, so I'm going to take the Patriots to win the game, but I'm looking forward to this one. I think it'll be close and fun. Um, and there's going to be two really good defenses going up against one another. Yeah, tail of the defense is in this one, and I think it's just going to come down to Tua versus Mac Jones, the Alabama uh, matchup. I, I think, you know, I uh, I said that Mac Jones gave the Patriots uh, a higher ceiling than Cam Newton. I'm happy that they, they went ahead and, and picked him. I think it's the right decision uh, going forward. I think he kind of unleashes this, this passing attack more than Newton could. But, you know, by the same token, I think if Tua takes, you know, a step forward at least to begin this season off with, I think the Dolphins have a higher ceiling offensively with their weapons, with the Waddles of the world, the Willful, or I guess Will Fuller suspended. But uh, two really good defenses. I, I don't really have a concrete feeling either way. I just think the Patriots offer a little bit higher of a floor, so I'm going to take them. But this game probably comes down to the last possession. Bears at Rams Sunday night football. Bears the biggest uh, underdog, I believe, right? The, the Niners are Cowboys. Oh, Cowboys, man. Missed that first first game. Forgot about that already. Um, biggest underdog on Sunday. How about that? Spin zone. Uh, yep. Biggest underdog on Sunday, the Bears at the Rams. Uh, really like the Rams in this one. Kind of talked about it on the Picks podcast, but fading the Bears and I'm bullish on the Rams. Stafford's debut hasn't played at all in the preseason. Uh, that's a that's a McVay special. Uh, like, like them a lot at home, home opener in SoFi, first time with fans. Yeah, I think the Rams are just literally better everywhere, basically. Um, Stafford's first game. I'll uh, I'll just, whatever, just put a little link to the pick spot. Uh, you know, uh, that's where I kind of get it a little bit more in depth. But, yeah, I like the Rams. Yeah, I like the Rams, too. Um, Lee, Lee, Lee convinced me to take this uh, take this side uh, on the teaser, and I think you guys make a good case for the, taking the points of the Rams as well. It should be a dominant performance, uh, especially if Andy Dal- Dalton – uh, you know, is in the game for the full for the full game. Finally, Monday Night Football. No Monday Night Football doubleheader this year for Week One. I don't know what happened there, but Ravens Good. Ravens at Raiders. Um, I like the Ravens in this one again. I'm I'm picking the Ravens to win the AFC North. Um, Raiders, I think, will come in last in the AFC West. So uh, I think the Ravens win this one pretty decisively. Justice Hill, yeah, RIP. Who tours it? Oh yeah, Justice Hill. Um, R.I.P. to Tanner Muse career as a as a Raider. He was cut today. So, so dumb. after being a third round pick um, last year, I think. Yep. Raiders a also. Pick. By the way, I think this might have been. Uh, oh, this was uh, John Brown was cut, and he was the highest the, of all the players who were cut. He had the highest guaranteed money. So just more yeah. Raiders decisions that just make absolutely no sense. Yeah. Yeah, the Raiders are kind of all over the map. Um, again, in the pick spot, I made a case for the Raiders. I will be picking the Baltimore Ravens. That's a team, another team with a great track record in week one under John Harbaugh. Um, I think the Raiders keep it close. I think this game is within one score in the fourth quarter. Um, and I think the Ravens end up winning it, but I think that there's, I think there's a there's more to like about the Raiders than obviously both of you guys. And with the home opener with fans, I think that, um, Allegiant stadium is going to be, uh, going to be going off and it's going to be a fun environment fun atmosphere and i ultimately think it'll be a close game but i think the ravens end up winning yeah that Raven. does it boys 
I'll be I'll be very quick, Adam. Ravens, blue blood. Uh, they're not going to be able to stop the the Ravens' offense, and the Ravens' defense. I think is going to eat up a Vegas offense that I think is going to regress due to the offensive line. The offensive line gets worse this year, and I think that's going to affect David Carr and just not a good matchup for the Raiders. Uh, I expect a big Ravens win. So that does it. Derek Carr. Yeah, baby. Tight sixty. We're back. Beautiful. Week one. We're back. Week one, throwing money around. Clapping, clapping, Tommy. Our Pacific time. Who to thunk? Who to thunk? You stay scheming. Lamar Jackson in the flesh. Big trust. Woo woo.